Welcome everyone to On Podcast, the On Microsoft Podcast, where we talk about Microsoft stuff on a podcast. I am your host today, Kareem Anderson, and joined by the world's greatest co-host, Arif Vakis. And we have a sort of relatively small pod, but I mean, it's still news, so we're here to report it. We have a list of things to give you guys today, uh, starting off with hardware. We know we missed it during build, uh, so we're going to try and come back around and give you some hardware news, uh, talking about the Surface Laptop Go 2. And then we also have some news about Microsoft Edge, which got a major redesign, but Microsoft didn't talk about it. It's hidden away in the settings. So we'll talk about it and let you know how you could get this new design in Microsoft yeah. Edge 102. Our own Air went on his own version of like National Treasure to find this like, <laughs> hidden version. And so he'll, he'll walk you through the steps. Uh, then we have the Microsoft Store app tweaks in the dev channel, uh, which are small, but, you know, they're refinements, they're things that we, you know, kind of just put a little polish over the whole Windows 11 aesthetic and animation uh, profile. So we'll talk about that. Then we'll jump into our fast recap, where we'll be talking about Microsoft laying out four core new principles for uh, unionization, for employee unionization. I think they're trying to get out ahead of a type of major unionization because I think in the last 2020, 2021 has been like kind of the year, year and a half of uh, unions coming back. So maybe they're looking ahead for that. And Windows on ARM. Spotify uh, released a new Windows on ARM app, so we'll have the details on that. Yeah, and then we'll be talking about the June Xbox update, uh, which uh, should be adding some new achievements abilities. Uh, we'll get into some details about that. And if you use Microsoft Excel, be prepared to lose two features coming uh, in the middle of June. Because what's a Microsoft product when it doesn't lose features, right? <laughs> yeah, and Edge. Uh, we talked about Edge getting a new design, but there's also a new feature that Microsoft is working on for Edge known as a drop feature. So we'll let you know what drop is and what it could do for you. Yeah, this is huge. Uh, this is this is a cross-platform kind of play. and We'll, we'll get into details of what this could mean for the future of uh, software, especially Edge in specific. Then we're going to get into our week ahead, which is all about... You and your uh, <laughs> displays again. Yep, I have a new Dell 34 curved USB-C monitor for review. Yeah, uh, I just, I promise you guys, I finally wrote up my uh, Yoga 9i review. Uh, so you can go head over to our website to read about that. I should be having the Acer Swift one up next week as well. Uh, I have a standing desk review. I also have a, oh, I think they sent me a, Chrome Duet, so I can start talking about Chrome OS as well. Uh, so for any of you, you know, uh, bipartisan Google slash Windows fans, I'll have some stuff about that as well, kind of compare and contrast. And I think I'm getting the smart clock with Alexa as a review unit as well. So uh, we'll let you guys know about all that stuff in the coming days. Then we also have our Logitech Master 3S giveaway, which we talked about last week, and now the giveaway is finally live. So be sure to enter that. Bam. So with all that being said, let's get started. Uh, we start off with talking about the Service Laptop Go 2. Uh, this is a device I wrote about earlier this week because Microsoft decided to talk about it. They waited until after build to kind of get the hardware news out of the way. Uh, it's interesting this time around uh, because I believe with the original uh, Surface Laptop Go, they kind of pitched it as the, uh, I guess, school version of their Surface brand, uh, you know, you had your Surface laptop for all of us commercial and enterprise individuals, and then you had your Surface book for all you creative uh, folks out there, whatnot, uh, anybody who needed more power. And then we had the Surface Go, 
which was you know just a smaller version of the Pro. Uh, and then they came with the Surface Laptop uh, Go, which was again we thought it was supposed to be competing with Chromebooks because it came out right around the time of uh, in-home schooling for a lot of people during the pandemic and right around the when sales for Chromebooks are exploding. This time around. They're still sort of pitching that, but they've also moved towards enterprise and low-cost, uh, you know, fleet devices, uh, essentially. Uh, this time around, uh, it's relatively the same. Uh, the design is, is identical to last year's design. Uh, the port selection is identical, the weight. Uh, everything about the, the device itself is pretty identical to, uh, I believe it's two years ago, so 2020, uh, yep. 2020's offering, except you get a new color. You get a... I forgot the actual sage. Sage. Yep. Uh, so it's just like a muted green color, which is, I mean looks cool in pictures and stuff. I'm hoping that we can get one to review. Uh, and then you get twelfth. Uh, no, you get eleventh gen uh, processors. I believe you get an i5. Uh, and you get a configuration with either eight or sixteen gigabytes of memory, and you can do. I think it's. Uh, make sure I get the specs right. One twenty-eight gigabyte or two fifty-six gigabyte, and. The 16 gigabyte is for the commercial unit for RAM, and mm -hmm. uh, consumer versions have four gigabytes of RAM or eight gigabytes of RAM. People finding the Microsoft Store, uh, you can find the commercial section of it and get yourself a 16 gigabyte one. Otherwise, you'll be, like you said, stuck to the four and eight gigabyte conversion uh, configurations of this model. Uh, like I said, it's I'm glad they added a new color. I think you and I are both on the same page. We wish they kind of beefed up some of the specs on it and we slimmed down the bezel. I do wonder it wasn't in any of their like press materials or I didn't see anybody reporting about this and we've gotten some hands on with it. The thing that was kind of a drawback was the uh, non-lit keyboard. So it's yeah, it's still think, it's still not backlit. It's oh. still, obviously it's a cost cutting measure. Because if you want the backlit keyboard, you're going to have to step up to a laptop three or even the newer laptop four. Well, did you say that? But isn't the, I believe the power button does have a light on it, right? Yeah, just the for the fingerprint reader, but not on the entry, not on all models, only on some models. So, oh, even that's just weird. Well, I mean, with that being said, I mean, if you didn't get a chance to get the last two year, the, the previous two years model, it's a chance to get a, a newer one uh, again. They're pitching it as both uh, fleet enterprise and just a commercial, I mean, consumer use. I mean, with Xbox Game Pass and some other things like that, it makes a pretty decent all-around device for anyone who is transitioning maybe from middle school to high school, from high school to, you know, your first job and you don't have a ton of money, but you still need a computer. It's still a great device for that. You and I were talking off camera about uh, their new advertising for yep. their laptop devices, and I think you and I, both agree that they're finally starting to f get the messaging out about how to differentiate between these versions of laptops. With that being and, said, let's move and on. To we forgot to mention the improved webcam, which is which is like uh, the one thing, the one yeah. thing that they did include in the marketing materials. They said an improved HD webcam as well as the dual studio mics. So that that's the big improvement, other than the processor jumps from 10 to 11 gen. With 11 gen, you get the Iris XE graphics, which you didn't get on the 2020 model. So those are the three core things that are new on the Surface Laptop Go 2. And yeah, I didn't know I don't want to be dismissive of the 11 gen because there are 12 gen out there, but the 11 gen was a huge performance leap. Uh, like you said, the uh, Iris XE graphics are also, uh, you know, pretty decent uh, performance. As far as the 
memory on that. Like I said, I wouldn't start anything at lower than eight gigabytes. If you yeah. get a sixteen gigabyte, you might have yourself a pretty decent laptop that can compete with the Surface laptop. Uh, you know, middle of the road uh, devices that a lot of people have. Uh, it's just a smaller form factor. So, uh, if you need something that's I believe twelve point seven inches or whatnot as far as screen real estate. That is the device for you. Um, I think that thing we pretty much covered yep. everything about the laptop because there wasn't too much to cover. <laughs> but now move on to we're moving on to Microsoft Edge and this new design that's headed away in Microsoft Edge version 102, which rolled out, I think it was a couple of days ago, and they didn't have any new features in it. It was just a bunch of security updates. But the folks at Neowin, they they were the ones who spotted that. Uh, the same feature from the Canary version of Edge, where Microsoft was testing a huge redesign, is now also available in the beta, in the standard stable version of Edge 102. And what is the redesign? Well, basically, if you've used Firefox or have seen Firefox recently, it has like that floating tab design where the tabs are rounded and it's not physically like attached to the address bar and there's like a little gap. Kind of just like how the start menu in Windows 11 is, where you have that little floating, it floats above the screen. That's kind of that's exactly what the redesign for Edge is like. In addition to the mica and the fluent design, design effects that you uh, get from Windows 11, well, that's now in Microsoft Edge. And like I said, it's not enabled by default. You actually have to go to a very specific URL. I think it's Edge Flags, Edge Vidro, Rujov, Show Settings, and then you make sure that you had it enabled. You restart the browser. You go to Edge Settings again. You choose Appearance. Then you change the uh, settings toggles for Show Windows 11 visual effects in the title bar and toolbar, and then make sure the option for rounded corners for browser tabs is turned on. And once you do all that and you restart, you're going to have a completely new looking Microsoft Edge web browser that matches exactly with Windows 11's looks and feels. With all that being said, let's hope this becomes a permanent feature, yep. something you don't have to uh, da, Vinci, da Vinci code yourself around to find it. Uh, this. I mean, you were able to uh, kind of manifest it by doing all this. It's pretty, it's pretty easy. It's not that hard to enable. We have a how-to on it if you want to check it out. We also have screenshots, too. So yeah. for those of you who want to see, at least see what it looks like before you try all of that. Uh, it, Like you said, it looks pretty nice. It's, it's subtle uh, as far as its implementation. But again, like I said, I hope they bring this to uh, the actual uh, what is it, uh, consumer version of this, regular builds or whatnot, whatever you're going to call it. You mean uh, like so yeah. not not hidden away and straight up like in Edge 104 announcing a completely new redesign that everyone already tested from two <laughs> two releases ago that's not exactly new. Very, very much so. Very <laughs> much so. Uh, with that being said, we're going to move on to our store app tweaks with the dev channel. Uh, this I believe came in with uh, the build update. What was this a few days ago? Yeah, it came in with Windows 11 build 25131 from the dev channel. And if you have an ARM-based PC uh, like the Service Pro X, then good news for you is that the biggest update for the store is that it is now ARM64 optimized. So it should be able to perform faster and 
and your apps uh, app listings will load faster and navigation will be faster. That's one of the biggest improvements coming with this new update for the Microsoft Store. And also, there's some changes for background apps updating. So now the store will skip any updates for apps that you have open so you don't lose any important work. And you could uh, update those apps later from the Microsoft Store. And there are also two other changes for the store relating to uh, pop-up experience. This is something that we talked about at Build, where if you uh, see a uh, Microsoft Store app and then you click the link, you'll get a little pop-up letting you know that, hey, this is what the app is, this is what it looks like, and this is where you could download it. And then there's also one change relating to movies, which I know you were checking out right before we started filming. Yeah, we you know we like to at least try to confirm these things. I mean, it's one thing to read off a bullet list of, of features that are supposed to be here, but as insiders, between you and I, if there's an A/B test, we one of us should fall into this. Uh, there are two letters or two of us. That's the map. But uh, it doesn't always happen. And like I said, we're trying out the. Uh, I think they mentioned in the notes that there is more fluid animations uh, coming to the store. Uh, and one of the examples was uh, switching from. Uh, I guess, games to video. And the other thing that they mentioned was being able to pull up uh, the suggested streaming services for a lot of the video content that's in there. So if you are finding a show that you like on there and it happens to be maybe uh, streaming on Paramount Plus and you don't know that, you click on the show and it'll give you a listing of where you can stream it from or buy it from uh, in addition to that. So I wanted to try it out. And sure enough, it's not there for me, at least not yet. So uh, they say it's there. Maybe you were part of the A. Uh, you know, group or something, but uh, we're going to trust that it's there for some people testing it somewhere and that the rest of us will get it pretty soon because I go to uh, Bing constantly to do stuff like that. Like when there's a show that I want to see, uh, if, I, if I don't know that it's already, you know, my, you know, uh, stable of streaming services like uh, Netflix or Hulu or Disney Plus, I then type in where to stream and Bing has been very good at, you know, giving us a list of Paramount Plus or Peacock or whatever. It'll be great to have that within the store as you're already in front of the video, the, you know, the content you want to see already. And all that said, we hit our main topics, which means it is time for Fast Recap when we're giving ourselves 10 minutes once again. Yeah, uh, let's see if we can hit that. I think we've been, we've been pretty consistent with that. And I've already wasted 40 seconds. So uh, <laughs> with that being said, Microsoft is laying out uh, four core company principles around employee unionization uh, in an effort to kind of, I think, like I said, get ahead of this whole wave of unionization efforts by a lot of uh employees at a bunch of different big companies. You know, we have the big uh, unionization effort at Starbucks and Amazon. Uh, there's some other, th- other places going on. So I think Microsoft is recognizing that and uh, you know trying to help employees uh, around this. Uh, one of the things that they, uh, I think they started listing as uh, their uh, principles is that they believe in the importance of listening to their employees' concerns. Uh, they recognize that employees have legal rights to choose whether to form or join a union. They're committed to uh, creative and collaborative approaches with unions when employees uh, wish to exercise their rights in Microsoft uh, is, pres- is presented with a specific unionization proposal. Uh, and they also want to be, they also want building on their global labor experience. Uh, they're dedicated to maintaining a close relationship and shared partnership with all their employees, including uh, those represented by a union. Now, I don't know if Microsoft proper, like the, the campus in Redmond and everything, has a union effort, but I do know that they support uh, particular unions for all of their partners 
people, companies, and, and, and uh, associations that they partner with. And uh, I think they have a, they just recently were forced to create a union, uh, let's see, back in 2017 or so, uh, for contract workers. Uh, they had, uh, it was a big issue with contract workers. So I believe contract workers now can, rep- can be represented by a union when negotiating uh, for more benefits for Microsoft. Again, like I said, I'm not certain on employees currently at the uh, campus in Redmond, but I do know that partners and uh, contractors uh, have particular unions that they can go with. So it seems like they're going to try and curb any efforts for people at the main campus to, to unionize by doing all of these things beforehand. But who knows uh, if you know things stay as is, maybe more people want different things in the future. And moving on to the second topic, it relates to Spotify releasing a Windows on ARM app. Now, it's the same app as the regular Windows app. It's just that they've changed the coding and optimized it for ARM-based processors like the um, the Microsoft SQ1 and SQ2 chip. And it's not something that was a big announcement. They snuck it under the radar in the Spotify community. And it's not a final app. It's still the beta app. And it's a work in progress. But now it's just one more developer to come on board with ARM, joining other apps like Firefox, 7-Zip, Photoshop, VLC, Netflix, and even Zoom. They all have ARM-optimized apps on Windows. I'm going to be very upset if the performance on this one is better than the regular uh, Spotify for Windows app. I know that one's become a heavy, kind of clutchy app, not akin to iTunes, but it definitely could use some performance updates. And hopefully this ARM one is even better for people who are on those specific, specific devices. And third up on the list is the June Xbox update, which is now ro- which should be rolling out right now. And what it does is it adds the ability to reveal secret achievements. Now, this is for people who do not like spoilers, because when you're usually you're playing a game and you're looking through the list of achievements, secret achievements usually have spoilers, which is why the developers opt to make them secret but now if you want to not make them secret you could just go to your settings go to uh, game activity and then choose achievements and then when you see a hidden achievement you'll be able to reveal the full detail as well as the gamer score value and this also works on the xbox app for android and ios as well as on the windows pc so one more feature coming to xbox and talking about features here's two features leaving microsoft excel uh, I believe uh, they made a big announcement back in it June 2020 about Microsoft or money in Excel, which yep. is basically uh, for all intents purposes templates uh, to put all your finances and do your financial tracking within Excel. Uh, they made it easier for people to do that, uh, either for personal finances or if you're running a small business or things like that. Uh, and I believe the other thing that they're removing uh, is well from data types in Excel, which was there we introduced- go. Right around also the same in terms time. Of, yeah. And that came out, I believe, uh, yeah, you said June 2020. So both those things came out at the same time, and I think they will be removed as of next year. Uh, you will no longer be able to make uh, add new Wolfram data types. Uh, and Microsoft is also allowing you to keep your current uh, money uh, templates and workbooks or whatnot. Uh, you won't be able to make new ones after, I believe it's June 11, 2023. So you get a full year to prepare for this. In the meantime, they're doing kind of what they did with Groove, where they're offering uh, another similar service. This one's a paid one. It's, it's provided by a company named Tiller. They are offering a 60-day uh, personal finance spreadsheet uh, offer. So maybe you can try it out for uh, t- uh, 
two months or so and see if you like that. But it's it should offer you the same sort of functionality as money did, probably with even more features because you're paying for it. So uh, for those of you who were, again, running small businesses or personal finances, keeping up for that stuff for the last two years, just be prepared to not be able to do that next year. Again, it's only for people who have the Microsoft 365 subscription-based version of Excel because these features were all like uh, bonus features and add-ons that come with your Microsoft 365 subscription. So if you're on the perpetual versions of Office like 2021 or 2019, this doesn't impact you at all. It's only for you, you never subscription. Even saw it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> And speaking of never seeing it, one feature that I never seen is this new drop feature that's yeah. uh, in Edge Canary. The folks at NeoIn who are apparently on top of their game when it comes to Microsoft Edge, they found this new drop feature uh, for Edge Canary. And it is what the name suggested is. It's basically an icon that you click uh, next to the tab, uh, the area next to your profile on Edge. and you click this little envelope icon and then you get a place where you could drop photos, pictures, PDFs, notes, and have them sync up using your Microsoft account and OneDrive across various different dev devices like your phones and other PCs. So it's basically like OneDrive, but for Microsoft Edge. And this is an Edge Canary A-B testing. Not everyone has it just yet. Yeah, this, like we said, this is has huge implications as far as that. Uh, you know, Microsoft's platform for mobile because, you know, they don't, you know, they can put OneDrive on a lot of phones and things like that. But if, we, you know, you can store everything in the browser, that's one less app people, you know, might want to have to track and keep all their information on. And I keep a lot of sticky notes and things like that, that, you know, you pull from the browser and you don't want to have to jump between apps to do all that kind of stuff. So having it all built into just Edge, it makes, you know, we're starting to see Edge become its own platform uh, and, you know, hosting a bunch of different features just within that one app. Is always great. And that said, I think we hit our fast under 10 minutes. So kudos for us. Yay. And now it's time for our week ahead segment where I have yet another Dell monitor to review. <laughs> this time it is the Dell 34 curved USB-C monitor, which as the name suggests, it is a curved 34 inch USB-C monitor, which uh, can function as a USB-C hub for your PC. You basically plug your PC in uh, one in once one connection via USB and enjoy a USB-C hub and get uh, more productivity, not have to worry about cables. And it's curved, it's ultra wide, and it's very good for productivity. Full review should be coming in two weeks. Yeah, uh, you know, he's got his review. I have a review for um the Acer, the recent, the most recent Acer Swift laptop, uh, which you know looks to be a pretty decent uh, device. I just finished my Lenovo Yoga 9i, which I think I basically said is the most stylish, the most beautiful looking device of 2022 as far as laptops concerned. At least five times in that piece, so go check it out. Uh, and then, uh, like I said, I have a standing desk review that I need to offer people if you guys are looking to renovate your home offices. Still, uh, I also have. Uh, a Chromebook Duet 3 from Lenovo, uh, which will take us into Chromebook and uh, Chrome OS and Android devices, you know, uh, development, see how that compares to Windows as well. And the last thing I think I have is a smart clock. I don't know if you guys are filling your houses, home with smart devices, the smart clock is nice. This one, uh, I believe is kid friendly because there's these like new uh, stands you can put them in that are like night lights and glow lights or whatever for your children. So. 
I have kids. I'll review it. And if you have kids, I hope you like the review. And that's it. I think all that hardware out of the way and all that news out of the way, we just finished our podcast. So it's time for the traditional outro. Yeah, you can find me at Mindhead1 on Twitter. And where can people find you? Abak Jarn. Great. Uh, if you guys see me looking down at my screen, it's because I was trying to find that new uh, drop feature because I have Canary uh, on, on my device, but I, I don't know if I need to enable it. I was hoping to like be able to say, hey, it's confirmed we have it, but uh, I think I have to jump through some more hoops in order to enable it. Anyway. Um, maybe maybe by next podcast episode, they'll enable it for you after they heard us talk about how awesome it is. Yeah, or how much we complain that we're not part of these AV testers, or like <laughs> we're part of the Z and Y group or whatever. Satya uh, can, is listening to us. He better be. I mean, uh, we're hoping that he comes on because we have tons of notes for him. But uh, in the meantime, you can visit us at onmicrosoft.com uh, for all of our latest articles, uh, features, reviews, uh, anything that comes up as far as uh, content for Microsoft. If you don't have time for that and you just need a quick uh, headline to kind of talk to your friends about, you can also visit us at Microsoft. Uh, is our handle on Twitter. Uh, you can also visit our Instagram page where we kind of give uh, snippets of the podcast. If you don't have time to watch the entire thing, you can go there and watch some funny uh, selected uh, clips from the podcast itself. If you're into gaming, you can visit us at Pinterest. Uh, that's where our, one of our writers, Brad's, keeps everybody up to date on the latest uh, things that are going on with Xbox, Game Pass, uh, subscriptions, and games uh, all all at the ready. And I believe uh, next week or week after next is when they have the reveal. So. Be sure to, to stay there if you want to you know, get any further information that you don't get from our, our website uh, or the podcast or Twitter. Uh, and like I said, we want to thank you guys for joining us today and hanging out with us over the weekend. Oh, we appreciate everyone who's found the podcast through YouTube, anybody who's found it through Spotify or Apple Podcast or Stitcher, wherever you guys are finding these podcasts and listening to us. Thank you very much. We appreciate all of your uh, time hanging out with us. And take care, everyone. See you again soon. Same place, same time. And Scour Edge. If you're not using it, look for it because there are apparently tons of cool things hidden in there. <laughs> All right. All right, everyone. Take care.